Welcome to Excel Boats on the X Podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. The only podcast to bring you insights on the world of hunting, fishing, and boating. With your host, J. Paul Jackson. You don't say much, do you? Now, load up and side in. This is On the X. Welcome to the Excel Boats on the X Podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. J. Paul Jackson here with my co-host, Jeffrey Whitlock, who's looking really, really good today without a mustache and a very bald head. And of course, our buddy coming to us from home, all sequestered away from COVID-19, national sales manager, Dave Reynolds. What's up, guys? I've been enjoying the commute lately. Yeah, I commute from my bedroom to my kitchen to my den, my office every day. And then same commute at lunch from the den to the kitchen. Yeah, my commute home is from the den to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, putting a lot of putting a lot of miles on those slippers. Yeah, a lot, a lot of miles. I tell you, a lot of miles, exhausting. a lot of traffic. Yeah, stressful commute. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we all got to do our part. We got to flatten. Yeah, the curve. we do. In fact, you know, I saw uh, oh, an email today. Uh, some insurance companies are considering lowering lowering their rates because nobody's driving. I saw that. There are companies yeah, actually doing everybody out. Yeah. yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. I'm loving these gas prices, but nobody's getting to take advantage of it but me. Yeah. I filled no up the kidding. other day for 95 cents a gallon. That's unreal. We're still like 230 or something. Yep. What? 220. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all yeah. are getting screwed. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, I do have a suggestion for you, Dave, and for you too, Jeffrey, because you're working from home too, right? Yes, sir. So here's my suggestion. Five o'clock comes. Here's what you do to feel like you've segued from work to being at home. You go outside, you walk a lap around the house, you come back in, you go to the bar or the fridge, and you get an adult beverage. And you go, or it's five o'clock, I'm done. I really love that idea all the way, except for the actual walking part. Can I just skip that part? I'll just go. Your office and then come <laughs> back into your house. Ah, oh, see, that's just way too much work. I mean, I could get to my beverage that much quicker, Jay Paul. And I feel like economy of motion sh- with with booze is something you should be very aware of. Yes, yes, no doubt about it. Economy of motion is a big, big deal in, in that regard. But, you know, we've all got to do what we can to adapt in this. I mean, wow, I, I was just looking while I go at the dashboard, over 400,000 cases in the United States. And, I mean, I know it's like the only thing you hear on the news, and we ought to just all be nauseated, but it's just such a new and different phenomenon, you know, Um the one good thing that I saw today was looking at some of the other countries, not the United States, but, but some of the other countries out there, is that you are starting to see their curves flatten a little bit. Particularly, uh, I took a look at Spain and Germany. You take a look at the curve on the Johns Hopkins dashboard, and you see it starting to flatten. New York City appears to be the same way. So, you know, maybe we're getting close to the, close to the end of this. I know. Dave, your wife is a registered nurse. She's out there on the front lines every day. What's it like there in Salt Lake? Yeah, actually, she's a PA. Um, she is working today. I talked to her a couple hours ago, and surprisingly, it's pretty quiet. She's she's in uh, Camp COVID today, which is what they call it. And um, 
it is a little quieter right now. Um, you know, they don't forecast a peak in Salt Lake till June 2nd, but yeah, but who knows? Um, I think we have 1,600 cases right now, seven deaths. She said, oh, yeah, yesterday she said, oh, good news. You know, I think they're only forecasting 200 deaths in Utah. It's like, oh, yeah, wow, that's great news. Yeah. <laughs> but Unless you're one of those 200. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Go from mm. seven to 200. But now they're thinking, you know, with our social distancing that, um, yeah, it, it's not going to be quite as bad. Now, we're one of the few states that don't have a shelter in place, but we have a stay home stay safe so many people are working from home many people you know mud buddy now starting this week the people who weren't working from home now are um you know there's noticeably less traffic on the roads there's still a rush hour i mean there's still, still people going out and about uh, but you know it, um much less traffic i think uh, people are adhering to the social distancing and uh, and it's working and i heard the same in california you know they uh, have felt they've maybe reached a plateau in many areas of California. Here I'm seeing people take it really seriously. Of course, with the new factory, you know, we're still working. Construction's considered essential. Um, we've got people coming and going here. And of course, you know, Excel Boats and Mud Buddy Motors, we, we make products for law enforcement, game and fish all over the country. Um, but I'm starting to see people take it a lot more serious here. Last night, I stopped by the grocery store. First time I've went in in a little while, and I've, I've got a mask and uh, gloves. And you know, first time I did, I felt a little bit stupid. But now, if I'm going into a public place, I'm wearing my mask to protect others from me too, in case I've got it as much right. as anything. And gloves. And last night, in the grocery store, I, the last time I went in one was a week ago, and I almost I really got kind of pissed off at people for, you know, I mean, I watched one older gentleman in that at-risk bracket walk up to another guy his age, shake his hand, and their faces were like a foot apart talking. And like, you dumbasses. Last night, very different. There was six feet. I watched one guy walk too close uh, to a lady, and he almost fell over backward when he realized it trying to get that distance right, you know, and she thanked him. So um, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I used my mask the first time uh, yesterday as well. I went out to the store and it was, it was about a 50-50 actually, people with masks and people without. But it is a different experience being in a store <laughs> with, <laughs> with a mask on. In fact, I stopped by the liquor store and to walk into a liquor store with a mask on is... <laughs> An odd feeling. I bet it's you. Right bank. That would be even. Yeah, well, exactly. And I had my sunglasses on as I was walking up, and I was like, "I better, I better take my sunglasses." I better lose the sunglasses. And there, there was actually a moment where a lady kind of, you know, we were kind of crossing paths and whatnot, and she, she looked at me, and I looked at her, and I, I, I smiled. I was just like, you know, oh, go ahead. It was kind of one of those, and you just smile. And then I realized I had a mask on, so she couldn't see that I smiled. So I'm just staring her down. Your eyes. <laughs> she can like, see the oh. smile in your eyes. You're so expressive anyway. I'm so expressive. I hopefully because otherwise it just looked like I was staring her down, like, like I was mad or something like that. But no, yeah. it's a really interesting feeling. Waiting in lines, waiting in lines six feet apart from somebody is a very strange experience. Cause you know we're used to queuing up really really close together and 
Yeah. Uh, it's another world out there right now. But I was, uh, I was talking to Amber, who's going to be our guest here in a little bit uh, yesterday. And we were both talking about how it's still so unreal. Like it's, yeah. it, it doesn't feel real. Like you're going to wake up from this dream at any moment. Oh, I know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I tell you, it's still not super real to me. Where it got a little bit real for us, my wife and I, uh, the couple that's our best friends here, the only couple we really ever do anything with, um, the wife, uh, Donna Bus, she was the first coronavirus case in Northwest Tennessee. Not just in our hometown, but in like a five county area. And that made it kind of real when somebody you know was the very first case. But, you know, I kept thinking maybe last week, you know, on, on, on uh, Thursday, I'd just wake up and it'd be a big April Fool's, you know? Right. Yeah, I was really, really hopeful of that. But, you know, it's everywhere. You see it all over all forms of media, including social media, people embracing social distancing. We're all working from home. And, uh, you know, speaking of all that and Ambry, that's pretty much a perfect segue for us to bring in our social media expert who has also been working from home and social distancing and uh she's really gonna feel like she went to work today and came back because for the first time in weeks she doesn't have her hair in her bun she's got makeup on you're looking so pretty today we are really really lucky to have the excel boats my buddy motor social media instagram guru uh miss ambry hatch with us hey guys how's it going i heard all your long commutes were rough this morning into work and <laughs> i feel so bad for you i've only been doing this for like you know six months <laughs> um i'm lucky enough to already work from home and so when the people are like it's so hard like we're so bored i'm like man i do this all the time like i've been doing this for like six months um so i mean i guess i'm lucky in that regard that it's it hasn't been a huge change for me for me it's the opposite for the first year that I worked on getting this new factory started, I was working from my office at home. So I'm an old hand at working from home. And I'll give you a tip, Dave. Uh, my office, I put in my bonus room over my garage, that the only way you can get to it is to go into the garage and then go upstairs. So I have to leave my house to go to my home office. And that was a big help. And now that we're in the finishing stages, and I've got to be here every day instead of working from home, I'm driving 35 miles. I really do have a commute. Yeah, you One do. way. <clears throat> yeah, you've gone the other way. It'll be interesting. <laughs> you know, it'll be interesting when this is over. You know, how many people are going to want to stay at home and work at home versus coming to work? I I, yeah. I can see a lot more people working at home after this ordeal because you know I think employers will realize that you know many employees can get the job done at home. You know, I, I see maybe a big shift or trend towards working at home when this is over. I agree with that. And you know, what's cool, would be cool about that too. Think about the resources we'll save just in fuel alone. Yeah. Right. That might be one of the silver linings. In yeah. There. Fuel and insurance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, anyway, Ambry, it's great to have you with us. And of course you and Jeffrey work together very closely, you know, of course with Dave and with myself, some too in the marketing department, but, Man, it's good to have you on here with us today. I think Jeffrey has a whole bag full of questions for you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be back. It's been a while since I was last on the podcast. So. Yeah, that was like more than a year ago, I think. Yeah, I know. I was on with uh, Sophie when we had her and talking about just hunting. And so it's 
weird to be back. It's like a whole different lifetime ago. So Yes. Well, I am really excited to have you on this podcast. And I think what we're going to talk about today is really relevant as I don't know if I, uh, or if anybody explained to you with our, our new, our podcast kind of relaunch podcast 2.0 is that we want to focus a little more on, on the lighthearted, a little more entertainment value, just do a little, a little more fun parts of this, just, just to keep it, keep it light in this era of COVID-19. Um, and so I really love what we're going to talk about today, Instagram, because so many people are on social media right now. I thought it would be a really fun treat for all of our listeners to hear from you, um, not only what you do and why you do it, but give them some tips to be better at it. Because in my experience, which, you know, is vast and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh, Jay Paul. All right. <laughs> Um, our, our, uh, especially our, our duck hunters, they are oftentimes not the, they're not the best technological group out there until it comes to duck season, until it comes to Instagram. And then all of a sudden they are like 14 year old girls whipping out their, their images and their posts like nonstop. And so we're going to help them be even better than they already are with this. Good. I, I like that idea. Um, I, I, when I first jumped on the doing the Instagram for my buddy in Excel, I was shocked to see how many guys are out there just commenting and rooting each other on and stuff. And it, it was a little, it's, it was a little weird to go from, um, you know, my mom posts where I'm like talking about kids and, uh, kid hacks to like duck hunting hacks and just how similar they are. Like, it's just a, a community of people that um, want to show that they're doing good and what they like to do. And it's, it's pretty cool how it can relate across all boards. That's awesome. Tell me, tell me about posting for MudBuddy and Excel, kind of what you do on a daily basis for us. Um, first thing is I wake up and I check the messages. So we get a lot of messages and comments on our posts and I try to engage and make sure that, you know, I'm liking those and, um, I think, you know, when a big company likes your photo that's in that industry, um, for me, it's really cool. I like to go on. My favorite thing to do is to go on and find people that have tagged us and comment as MudBuddy or Excel and just be like, great photo. Like, this is so cool and stuff. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like MudBuddy responded to my comment. And for me, that's so cool because it lets them know that we're like, we're enjoying what their posts as well. And so I think that's kind of my daily is just to log on and root people on and comment on their posts. And then um, I usually will edit a photo um, out of those. I'll pick one that I was like, oh, I loved this photo. Um, get permission from the person and ask them if I can post it, if I don't have one of our own to post and then um, edit the photo and post it and then just kind of engage with people when they comment on it. So what does your what does your editing process look like? How much time do you generally spend? What's what's some of your favorite? Um, I like, uh, just Photoshop. I mean, Instagram, um, Instagram is meant for this. Like they have some great presets filters in there. Um, and also, you know, I use an iPhone and so in my iPhone, I can edit the, um, image before uploading it to Instagram with like, uh, the light variances or, um, 
stuff like that, shadows. And then once I upload it into Instagram, sometimes I'll use a filter, but not very often. But that's, that's mainly just because I have my own presets. Like I've got my own stuff that I've saved. Um, and it, it just depends on the season. Like right now we're kind of, we're moved out of winter into spring. And so my photos are starting to get more bright colors, um, lights in them during the winter. I tend to bring down that contrast to make everything kind of cool like a cool tone um and so it's pretty easy because the same kind of filter will stay with you for a month um because you want to keep that vibe going and then um as the seasons change your filters change so i guess it i don't have to change it up very often so it's a pretty easy just upload and go tell me about what what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see other people making in their Instagram posts? And I want you to get mean and vicious. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a mean and vicious person. Um, biggest... That's not what your husband told me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't even want to know. No, um... <laughs> I'm joking. He thinks you're wonderful. Biggest mistakes. That's a good question. Um, I would say just... Uh, changing the I hate when people especially girls or guys I guess when they give themselves like that really bad tan because they're changing they've got the filter on so much that they look orange or that they're it's like you're you can tell like oh my gosh you've got a filter on a filter you know you took that from your snapchat and you uploaded it with like a and now you're orange and I'm not sure why. And I think that people just think that, oh, I can throw a filter on there and it makes it look so much better. But a lot of times, like just the raw photo will look so much better. And I don't think people realize that enough. Um, I, I agree with you. I think people spend so much time adding filters that they forget that their their picture is actually really lovely as, mm -hmm. as it was taken, especially those taking, I mean, iPhone cameras now take really amazing pictures just by themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, other than that, I feel like most people, you know, your phone will do half the work for you nowadays. And um, I, one thing that bugs me, I guess just, um, it probably doesn't bug most people, but um, it's like the bullseye effect, right? Like people take a picture and their, their image is the thing they're focusing on is dead center in the picture. And it just, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but as you're scrolling through, like it just kind of feels off. And so when I notice that, I always like people to move you've got your grid and the you know the rule of thirds is exactly that's what, was, yep. that's what um, i was about to say we've got the rule of thirds matter of fact for you guys that watch us on our youtube i mean it's just such a habit for me from years of tv you'll see that i've got my excel folks little deal over here to the side and you know more people should learn to follow the rule of thirds and if you've got a camera that can do it having bokeh in that background is awesome Mm -hmm. You know, and for those of you that don't know, Boca is actually, um, I don't know what language, I think it's maybe Japanese for blurry. And having your background, that two-thirds yeah. that you're not in, or half that you're not in, a little bit blurry, gives people, oh, you know, they'll notice, oh, that's kind of cool, but they don't just fixate on it. Yeah, I think also like less is more in a lot of photos, you know, pick something to focus on and don't have so much going on in your photo um, will catch people's attention more. 
Absolutely. Less is more. I think that's a, that's a big deal um, that we use in, in a lot of our photography. We try and keep it simple. You want your subject to be the subject. So keep, yeah. keep as much out of it as you can. Um, of course, what he's talking about with that bokeh, I've, and I don't have an Android phone. I have an, I have an iPhone and it's got that really wonderful portrait mode that yep. will do that for you, give you a really beautiful uh, uh, blurring effect in your background. So if you've got one of those, don't be afraid to use it. Cause it oh, makes I love, I love the portrait effect on iPhone. Actually, we were, my mom, I was uh, at a family event and she's like, how do your photos always turn out so much better? We were taking a photo of the same kid. And I was like, here, mom. And I just grabbed her phone and I just turned it to portrait mode. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, just leave it there. Like, just don't change it. <laughs> and so now she's like, I love my photos so much better. And I'm, it was just a simple change that most people don't know how to do. So iPhone users. iPhone users, mode. <laughs> portrait mode. Absolutely. And I'm sure there is a comparable feature on Android phones as well. We just don't know and what somebody that makes another phone? Uh, so I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. Never seen it. It's a unicorn. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Yep. My biggest advice, in particular with duck hunters, is be careful taking photos with distinguishable landmarks in the background. Amen. Or uh, yeah, especially here in Utah, we have mountains. I mean, if there are mountains in the background, I know exactly where that photo was taken. And I've had some good hunts, uh, some doing some Instagram scouting before. You know, so be careful with backgrounds. Yep, yes, I, I shouldn't say that actually. <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> I you might say anything, darn it! I take that back. I, I love the backgrounds. They look beautiful in the photo. <laughs> you also. Um, make sure you turn off your um, GPS locator. A lot of yeah. photos will be taking with your exact location. Yes. Good point. Or don't. I mean, if you want to share or, you know, I mean, you can look for that if you need. No, I've learned my lesson going out with Dave and um, a couple other people from Mudbuddy to turn off that locator as soon as I'm out there. And um, I, I'm very careful. Like, Hey, is this an in, an important stream that we're in? Like, do I need to yeah. <laughs> make sure I don't capture that? But I mean, that's not really my biggest concern, but it is a lot of other people's. Well, it, I mean, it should be because I live in Tennessee and I know that Antelope Island is very recognizable from any angle, right, Dave? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The entire front range here in Utah. I mean, you could tell whether the photo was taken in Utah Lake or Bear River Refuge or Ogden Bay, Farmington Bay, um, Bay yes, sir. Promontory Point. I mean, there's there's many very distinguishable mountains, and you don't you don't need much of it in the background to determine exactly where where it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, not like Tennessee. Tennessee you have more just trees. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pretty much any, there are very few spots I could take a picture while hunting on the Mississippi River that you can identify where. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, that makes it a lot easier. And same way with Arkansas rice fields. Yeah, they all look the same. They all look the same. Now, California has a buttload of rice, but it's not that way. I was out in California and we were actually uh, doing some photos after a hunt and our host was like, whoa, stop. I'm like, dude, we're in a rice field. They all look like, he's like, no, no, they all don't have Sutter Butte right there in the background. <laughs> I don't want to give this away. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. So that, that is a great tip, though. They cut that locator off and watch your background. Absolutely. Henry, what's your favorite thing to, to shoot? 
um, what for Mud Buddy in Excel? Mm-hmm. Um, because of course it's my kids first, but, <laughs> but, um, but you can't see they frown on you shooting your kids. My favorite thing is green heads, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I, I like the duck hunting photos, um, in shooting the ducks up close and ch trying to make, because like, okay, you know, I don't want to sound gruesome, but you guys all duck hunt, but as I'm out there and I'm taking these pictures, I'm like, they're cool, they're great, but they're also a little gross, like they're bloody, and so I like trying to find a way to make those photos look pretty, and, um, you know, and make the experience like, oh, hey, I just did this, come off on the camera, cool, that if somebody else who's not a duck hunter and isn't a huge fan of that doesn't just find it like, whoa, why are they taking a picture of that? I, I like doing that. I like kind of making a creative aspect out of those pictures. Um, and then I really like fishing photos, um, the kind of the fish pulling out of the water in slow motion, um, reeling it in. I think those are really intriguing and fun to shoot. Awesome. That's a good point, Amber. You know, blood. I think uh, you know people have to keep in mind that many of their followers are not duck hunters, sure. and they might find that offensive. So you know, I go to extra effort to have nice, clean shots. You know, no blood. You know, and, yeah. Yeah and limit the amount of just um what shoot and grin photos you know just mm -hmm. photos of, of guys you know holding their ducks or their dead ducks on a boat you know i think that yeah. that gets old i think um you know some good photos of the boat ride out sunset sunrise you know dog photos good to mix it up besides just having photos of dead ducks it's piles yeah. of dead ducks yeah Agreed. Yeah, and I, and I think kind of what you just said, Jeff, like adding a human element to those duck hunting photos is sure. such a great way to like soften it, you know, if you're out there with your son or, um, and you, you know, have them standing next to it with a big smile, like it does help instead of just pile of dead ducks. Um, really good. Tell me about um, video versus still photography in Instagram and what people can be doing better or how do, how does that work what's the best what's best um, practice for video Instagram you have to upload it can't be longer than 60 seconds on a on a feed post story post can be a little bit longer um and Instagram has it has IGTV Instagram TV and you can upload longer videos like I'll upload snips of um shallow water adventures or catch and release onto that um and it's a great way um people aren't going to stop and just watch a long video on your feed. Instagram is um, mainly photos. And in fact, like you couldn't, uh, when it first launched, upload video. Um, and they've, they've gotten more into like that TV section and stuff, but it's separated. So I like to keep our, um, our photos, like it's like 90-10, like photo versus video on our feed, um, because people are there to scroll through photos. And then if they want to look at video, they'll go to the Instagram TV. Um, so I, I like to keep it about 90-10 on our content for photos versus video. Fantastic. I think that's a really great rule for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we got the rule of thirds and the 90-10 rule we both like. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Never, you make too many rules. I know. <laughs> it's social media, though. I mean, it's, it's evolving and you you want to stay up on it and yet i think right now we're all learning the importance of social media and you know all of us millennials are saving a lot of people you know teaching them how to do 
classrooms online. Like my mother-in-law, like teaching her how to jump on a classroom online and make sure her webcam's up. And so I think as annoying as social media can be, it's so beneficial in times like this. So. Yeah, I think that's an incredibly important point right now more than ever. And you and I have seen a huge skyrocket in uh, in our social media numbers. There are just inc- a crazy amount of people on it. Um, yeah. I've been following Zoom, so we're actually using Zoom right now. And I wish I had purchased a little Zoom stock a month or so ago. Seriously. They are, they are everywhere right now and uh, doing classes. Uh, I mean my gym classes now are on zoom. I mean, everything is, it's, it's just wild. And the ability to, uh, whoa, 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 what? Stop. <laughs> my gym classes. <laughs> a gym class. Yes. You can't go to the gym anymore. So now they, they're live streaming gym classes. So you can work out. You still have your private instruction. You still got to listen, Jay Paul. Duck season is right around the corner and you need to get ready. I'm not saying that to everybody. I'm saying that to you specifically. Yeah, I know. I know. I need to work on my girlish figure a little bit more. Yes. Maybe we just need to do another Zoom later, Jay Paul, and we'll do a workout. I actually did that with a bunch of my girlfriends the other day. We all got on and Zoom worked out together because we're bored. We miss each other and it's a great workout. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah, with cyclists, you know, not necessarily Zoom, but there's a lot of apps for cycling because, you know, in France, Europe, Spain, nobody could bike. Even pro cyclists cannot bike. So, you know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, training on a stationary bike, watching these apps. They'll put you through different profiles. I mean, it uh, it is huge now. I get ads every day about, you know, new apps and ads for training bikes so yes you know a lot of people are being staying active and exercising uh, you know through through social media and and you know comparable programs that will put you through a exercise you know program so i, I could see gyms you know probably aerobics classes uh, weightlifting classes um you know a lot of instruction because nobody could go to a gym yeah and yeah, it's a, it's a good uh, good medium. Absolutely. Learning something new every day. Yeah, yeah, I know. See, there's a whole world out there for you, Jay Paul. Whole world <laughs> just waiting. And Ambry will be the one to guide you into that <laughs> world. Hey, that's fine. I love, you know, I've been learning, I've been learning from three 20-something-year-olds for a while now, my three daughters. So, Ambry, you can just join in. <laughs> Sounds good. I mean, everybody, I, I feel like a lot of us millennials are kind of like, well, we told, like, we're not that bad after all, huh? <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd go that far. My 25-year-old daughter's taught us all about Hulu and um, Sling and Netflix and all these cool things. I'm spending all this money subscribing to all this stuff, but hey, you know, at least we're in there involved. Excellent. You got to stay up on the latest trends, especially nowadays. That's yeah, that right. would have been another good stock, Netflix. Yeah. Seriously. Man, missed out on that one. I did get one good stock and it's because of what I do for a living, but uh it's it's it dipped for a minute there, but it's back. But uh we do I do Facebook stock. Um because yeah. I totally have for years now thought that this is like everything has been going more digital and everything's more online. And just like Dave said earlier, like 
I think a lot of companies are going to realize like, oh, hey, we don't have to pay for a whole office space. We can have people work from home. And, you know, internet and social media, it's, it's not slowing down anytime soon. And a pandemic is not going to stop it. Um, crazy numbers for you guys. I, uh, when this all first happened back, you know, two weeks ago, when I didn't think it was as big of a deal as it is, um, I was kind of thinking about it. And I was like, well, you know, swine flu, right? I was in high school and swine flu happened. And I didn't hear hardly anything of it except for on the news. So I was like, I'm going to do some Facebook numbers. And I thought, you know, how many, um, how many people were on Facebook back when swine flu happened? And there was 150 million people that were logging into Facebook on a monthly basis. And in today's world, we have 1.6 billion logging in daily. So that it's such a huge um, contrast. And I think it, I think in some ways it did, um, kind of start this pandemic off crazy and bad, but also in a lot of good ways. Like how fast were people able to hear and, you know, realize how serious it was. So I think in one way it was super helpful and, you know, hopefully starting to flatten the curve a little bit. And I'll tell you, I agree with that totally because the, the I believe many, many more people have been aware of social distancing and even the enforcement of that. I mean, they take it more seriously because you know you do see it everywhere and people talking about it and so i definitely think that we have as a population became very educated about covid 19 very quickly thanks to social media as an outlet you know in addition to traditional media and it's been you know, that is a silver lining or a great benefit there yeah there's some downfalls i mean one person posted about no toilet paper and now nobody has toilet paper so it's got its ups and its downs. It has its ups and its downs. Yeah, you bought into Facebook. I bought into Charmin. <laughs> uh, I've had my Facebook for like a couple of years now, and I've just been kind of watching it up and down. But now we're on this steady incline. So cool. Um, tell us about as as a last question. Tell us about some of your rules for tagging, um, and maybe for some of our newer or those who are not quite as aware, um, what a hashtag is, how to use it appropriately and what it does for you. Okay, um, so Instagram is kind of where a lot of hashtags kind of started. Um, you can search in the top of your Instagram bar for any word and you just put the hashtag, which you know, for super beginners here, it's the pound sign, right? The number sign. Um, you put that in front of a word, so hashtag pound sign duck hunting. And if you were to put that in your Instagram right now, you get hundreds of thousands of photos that people have tagged hashtag duck hunting in and uh the more people like it facebook has its own algorithm and it'll circulate it to the top of that so famous duck hunting photos ones that are getting thousands of likes will be at the top of that um so if you are wanting inspiration or you just want to go look at boats or you know hashtag mud buddy for life that's a hashtag we started um a couple months ago and hashtag excel for life um if you were to search that <laughs> that was Jeff's idea. <laughs> that was a year ago, though. That's more than a few months. Oh, okay. Well, I still use it, yeah. I guess. Yes. and people still tag us in it. So we started it, and now we're able to. If you search that, you'll see all the photos that were in that contest, all the ones I still tag in it. Um, you know, and a tip with tags are use common ones, but use uncommon ones because. Um, so let's say hashtag duck hunting. 
it's got thousands and thousands, um, hundreds of thousands. And, you know, maybe hashtag get the green heads or something like that that's not as common, but people still use maybe only a couple hundred every week or something like that. Other people who have used that tag will see your post. Um, they're more likely to see your post because you're not competing with hundreds of thousands. Um, and so use, use common hashtags, big name brand ones, you know, and then also use small um, hashtags. And as you're tagging them, you'll see the, how often they're used. It'll have like a number by it um, as you pick that hashtag out. So, you know, just add a couple random ones in there. Uh, do you recommend that everybody use a hashtag or is it not necessary? What are your thoughts on that? I guess it depends on what you're like trying to do. If you're only posting out to your Instagram feed, just your friends and family who you have, or you have a private account, they're not really going to do much difference for you to tag those in them. People aren't going to see it. But if, you know, for us, we're a company and we want to reach our, we want to reach our crowd and we want to maximize that reach, that net that we're casting out, it's hashtags are very important. You don't have to use them all the time because when they see one of yours, they're going to get, they're going to start seeing more of yours. You know, if uh, somebody has liked one of our posts that isn't following us, the next time we post with those hashtags, they're more likely to see it. So if, if that's not really your, like, uh, you don't want to grow a ton, like that's not really your aim, you don't have to bother with it. It's not really going to change it a lot for you. Or in the case of my 13-year-old boy, he's hashtagging all his ski photos because he's looking for a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. If you want to grow, if you want to reach sponsors, that's a great point. Um, you know, there's people that we follow or that Mud Buddy follows because I will log on and I start seeing their photos a lot because they've tagged it and I like it. And then I, for example, um, Victoria Hunter, she's just a small Instagram thing, but she posts great photos all the time and she always tags us in them. So I see them every time she tags and I sent her a bunch of hats and shirts and I said, you know, Hey, next time you're posting photos, wear our shirt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, she loved it. It was just a great, um, and her and her husband wear our gear all the time and post photos for us. So. Yeah. And I actually started following Tori myself. Uh, because of that, you know, I started seeing her and her tagging us and all these. And I'm like, wow, that's really, really cool. This young lady is, uh, and she loves our boat too. Yeah. She's yeah, she is. And, um, so, I mean, I think that's a great point. Just, and I, I think it's cool to share what you love with people who are like-minded. I think that's like a big part of it is when you're using those hashtags, um, you're going to meet people through social media that have the same likes and stuff as you. And that's always, you know, can't ever hurt. Well, great. That's all the questions I have now. Does anybody else have any uh, questions for Ambry? No, that was a good interview. I learned a lot. Thanks. That was a great interview. Ambry, I do have a question because now it is time for the blind bag confessional. So, Ambry, here's our question that we ask all of our guests. If we've got you in the duck blind with us and Jeffrey wants to sneak, sneak over there and steal a snack out of your blind bag, what is he going to find? 
Oh, Jeff would not like my, he's already tried them. There are seaweed chips, like no <laughs> I love seaweed chips. Um, <laughs> ate some this morning, they're my favorite. And uh, a Corona. Corona? Yep, Corona beer. Actually, I guess they stopped making them, but Coronas. Corona. Coronas and seaweed chips. Uh, corona and seaweed chips is what we're corona, gonna find in your blind bag. Corona, Corona beer, coronavirus. Yeah. Corona, yeah, coronavirus beer. <laughs> Yeah. I do love seaweed chips too, by the way. Oh, good. Oh my gosh. I had Jeff try them when we did that blind bag episode. Um, and he hated it. He had to spit oh, it. In. Really? I buy the big Costco pack. Like every, every Costco run, I buy like a bag. It has like 30 in it. Oh my gosh. They're my favorite. I've got to tell you, I tried them one time in Ambry. I'd rather eat vomit. I mean, they were bad. You basically are dried plant vomit. But she loves them. Hey, Corona would probably make anything taste a little bit better. You know, so there you go. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad Dave likes them too, so I don't feel so crazy. No, I love them. My kids love them. They don't last long in our house. Us either. My even my. And they're like regular potato chips. Once you get started, you know, yeah. I mean. You can't stop. Maybe I just tried the wrong brand then, Dave. I don't know. Yeah, that could be the wrong type of seaweed. Maybe you're getting the seaweed from the Sargassal Sea or something. <laughs> I don't know. Ditch seaweed. That's yeah. what you tried. Ditch seaweed. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that will kill Sewage water seaweed. I don't know. <laughs> well, I can tell you this, Ambry. I won't be taking your snack. I might steal your beer at the end of the hunt, but not your snacks. You don't have anything yeah. to worry about. But. I will tell you this too. It has been our absolute pleasure having you. Not only have you been very entertaining, you're definitely the prettiest guest we've had in quite some time. Guys, would y'all not agree with that? Absolutely. Yes, Jeffrey, guest. Grudgingly, I will say that begrudgingly. Jeff, you're our prettiest host. Thank you. She's our prettiest guest. So it has been a pleasure having you, my dear. Thank you. I've loved it. It was a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for having me. Cool, and for all you guys out there that are sheltering in place, maintaining your social distance, uh, on behalf of both Jeffrey and Dave, thank you for listening in this week and joining us for the Sailboats on the X Podcast, powered by Mudbay Company.